Hello and welcome to the Hearts Review with me, Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is Spencer to talk about the defeat to Zurich in the Europa League. We chat a little bit about the Conference League draw, talk about St Johnston last week, and we preview Killy and Livingston. So, how are we this week, guys? Very well, mate. Very well, yourself? Aye, fine. Fine. I think I think St Johnston beating St Johnston there softened the blow from Zurich. But uh, we'll get on to Zurich first, Gordon. Then overall, quite a disappointing night on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, a very disappointing evening, wasn't it? Um, I think obviously first half was very good. I thought the performance, the intensity, the atmosphere were everything that that we thought it was going to be. The only thing it was lacking was a, a heart's goal, unfortunately, and um, you just felt. When Zurich got in at half time, after withstanding that amount of pressure that they had to, that you thought that suited them, and and um, they were forty five minutes from freedom, and you know we we obviously shoot ourselves in the foot with the the George Grant red card, uh, a moment of sheer stupidity, um, which unfortunately kills the tie and kills any momentum that Hearts had. Unfortunately, because I still believe if we had had. 11 men on the park, we eventually would have scored because I didn't see any threat from Zurich, to be perfectly honest with you. And even for the first 10, 20 minutes when we were down to 10 men, they offered very little. Um, they created a few chances towards the end, but that's when Hearts were just completely gassed and and the, the game had kind of unfortunately slipped away from us. But um, I firmly believe Hearts are a better side than they are. And um, unfortunately, we just, uh, we just didn't get the rub of the green on the night. And I really don't think Hearts could have done much more in the first half. Obviously, we spurned a couple of big opportunities that the Liam Boyce won, particularly with the, the, the header when he heads it down. You, you think that's the big one, really. Um, he's got to be scoring there. But even the Alan Forrest one, uh, you know, it's, it's absolutely on target. And I think it's beaten the goalkeeper, but it's a fantastic block from the defender. And um, sometimes it's just not your night. And I think certainly on that first half performance, it just unfortunately wasn't our night. Um, I thought the referee was poor. I mean, I'm not going to argue with the, the the dive. Obviously, it was even. I mean, Nielsen was obviously saying he thought it was a penalty. I didn't think it was a penalty. Um, looking back on it, I just think that his first yellow for me was never a yellow. Um, I thought a lot of the decision. I, I thought the referee was too card happy, particularly towards us, and um, he was just. It was a typical foreign refereeing performance, I thought. Um, and I've seen it too many times against British teams over the years, particularly against ourselves. Um, and, uh, you know, he was quick to banish the yellow card. For me, a, a lot of these tackles were first-time tackles, but they, they weren't worthy of yellow cards. Um, you talk about diving, though. I mean, I counted three times when a Zouk player blatantly dived. Now, although it wasn't in the box... But I always thought the rules were, it doesn't matter if it's in the box or in the middle of the park, it's still simulation, therefore it's an automatic yellow card. And three of their, their players um, dived and, and he didn't book them once. So you have to say to yourself, well, surely then if um, you, aren't, you aren't booking them, uh, if you aren't booking their players, then really Grant shouldn't be getting a second yellow card. You're just talking about consistency. But unfortunately, we didn't get that from the from the referee. Um, I'd say that I thought he had a very poor game, um, but overall, it just it was one of those nights for us, and um, you know we huffed, we puffed, um, but unfortunately, we just we just fell short in the end, and um, I don't think that was because of a lack of quality. I just think that 
if we look back to the to the first leg, I think if we had maybe been a little bit more adventurous and we believed in ourselves a little bit more, played the game that I know we're capable of playing, you know, yeah, you're not relying on coming back in the second leg. Um and I actually think that was that's that that's what cost us, to be honest. Do you agree with that sentiment, Spencer, that we shot ourselves in the foot in the first leg? Um, maybe to a certain extent. I think obviously when we made the changes in the, the first leg, we uh, looked a lot more threatening than we did in the first half, where we got a, a fortunate penalty. Obviously in the second leg, we didn't get the penalty. Um, yeah, you, you could argue the game was potentially lost in the first leg with our with our setup. I thought in the second leg, though, it just wasn't our night. We, we, we played very well. I thought people like Barry Mackay and Forrest on the wings were fantastic. I thought Shankland was was very good as well. Boyce was unlucky. Uh, we'll talk about him later on. Uh, again, he could have done better with a couple of chances. Um, but yeah, just, just disappointing. It's the best we'd heard Tyne Castle as well before that second leg in terms of atmosphere. And it's just disappointing we never, we never got the result. And obviously the, the red card changed the game completely. It should have been a red card. Was the first yellow for Grant warranted, Spencer? Uh, it was soft, the first one. I've seen it back. Um, I actually watched the entire game back. Um, obviously, from 55 minutes onwards, it was pretty pretty painful viewing. Although I still think we did all right, even when we were, we were down to 10 men. It was a poor goal to concede. We were, we were pushing more men forward, obviously, to try and get that goal. It's a silly one. Um, it was nearly perfectly timed. Of course, you don't want to see diving. But if he maybe just held held it off for another half a second or so, then the contact comes in, he may have won the penalty uh, legitimately, or he made a, may, may have actually made the dive look a bit better if he just held off a little second. Um, it's disappointing. It's stupid to do that when you're on a yellow card. Um, but it's just one of the things. It, it, we should have took our chances in the first half. We should have been a couple of goals up at half time, then maybe it's a different game. What did you make of the Zurich fans that came to um, Tancastle Gordon? Um, yeah, listen, the, the, they made a lot of noise. Um, you know, they, they obviously enjoyed their, their trip to the capital. Um, there was a there was a, a good spice in the air, and I, I like that personally. You know, I think I think it's diluted from football quite a lot these days, and I think it's what makes a big match. Obviously, I'm not talking about you know singing. Um, sectarian songs or you know um, attacking each other or anything like that but I like a little bit of needle in the air and I, I felt you, you you heard that from, from both sets of supporters so um, and I've no I've, listen, I've said before I've, I've no problem with um, with flags and uh, and smoke bombs and stuff and I think if it's done right it's it looks quite cool but um yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a good atmosphere. I thought. I, I think both fans played their part. To be fair, but obviously it's a European trip for them, and um, they backed their team at the hill and 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 credit to them. But um, I hope they get pumped in every game they play. Do you think it was a massive missed opportunity, Spencer, with getting that draw? Will we get a better opportunity than that to get into the Europa League? You'd like to hope that maybe next season we will, but um, it was a big opportunity. 
I think Zurich are not particularly great. There's not a lot between the sides. I think we've seen that over the, the two games. And you, you look at who Zurich have got. They've got, they've got a PSV in Holland, and then they've got the, the Emirates as well. Because two cracking away days. Think how many fans' hearts would have took down to London. That would have been some, some game. But unfortunately, I mean, we've got three decent ties. We'll, we'll talk about that later on as well. But it is a big opportunity missed. A lot of money missed out on. And, and I don't think they're particularly that much better than us, Zurich. I just think luck wasn't on our side, especially in the second leg. And obviously in the first leg, conceding two goals in the space of about three minutes really, really cost us. If we'd just been able to see that out till half time, maybe get 1-1, one, one, and then we made that changes in the first the, the first leg, we might have got a, a more positive result. Do you agree with that sentiment, Gordon? In regards to being more positive, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, absolutely, um, and I, I, and I, I said, I said it many times. It's just frustrating, and I thought we were poor on the night, but I thought there was a lot to do with the way we set up, and I just don't think we help ourselves at times. And I thought we got easily overrun in the middle of the park. We've got good footballers in in this in this side, and I think you know, in games like that, you should go there and believe in yourself and be positive and. Um, I just unfortunately didn't think we were on the night. I think we were, we gave them too much respect. Um, we were, we were almost feared to lose the game. Um, but I, it's it's frustrating. It is because, uh, as I said, I think in terms of European uh, opposition, in terms of the caliber, I don't think they're a great side. And I think Hearts are actually better than them. I think Hearts have better footballers. And I just wish we were. Um, a lot more, a, a lot more positive, and and we might have we might have been sitting here in the Europa League group stages. Do you think in hindsight, though, obviously we're going in the Conference League, we're going to be playing Istanbul, RFS, and Fiorentina. Do you think there's an opportunity to get some coefficient points and, and win win a few games? Yeah, I think I think if you want to build the football club up, um, it's probably. It's probably better for Hearts, to be honest with you, to be in this competition, um, get some European experience, as you say. I mean, you would fancy Hearts to beat Riga over two, uh, or in both games. Uh, no reason if if we play with the same intensity as we did in the first half, um, that that we might be able to take a a result against either Fiorentina or, or Istanbul at home. And then you think to yourself, well, you never know, you might be in the the hunt for for second place, and. Um, and there's no reason why Hearts shouldn't aim for the, the, the knockout stages. It'll be very difficult because you're coming up against two really good sides in Fiorentina and Istanbul. But they're, they're both, I think, particularly at home, Hearts have an opportunity to take points off them. And then um, it'll be very difficult away from home, of course, against these sides. But if we do our job against Riga, home and away, um, then it almost comes maybe towards the end of the, uh, the group a, a kind of straight shootout, perhaps. Um, I mean, Istanbul are the top seeds, of course. Um, you don't know how seriously they are taking it. Uh, likewise with Fiorentina as well. You, you don't know how seriously they're going to take it, although I think they'll probably look at Roma's success in the competition last season um, and might fancy themselves. Although Roma, the eventual winners of the competition, uh, got turf 6-0 at one point off Bodo Glimp. So, um, you never, as I said, you know, these sides might put out maybe... I don't want to say weekend sides, but they certainly might make changes. They might not uh, see playing Hearts as um, 
as a massive challenge, and they they may underestimate us, particularly at Tynecastle, and uh, and there might be an opportunity for Hearts. You know, I don't think there's anything to fear in the group. I think it's an exciting challenge, um, and one I think we'll definitely come out better for. And and the hope is that we can uh, maybe surprise a few sides, um, continue to gain a little bit of European experience, and hopefully in the future it'll stand us in good stead. Hopefully this is just the the building blocks. And also, Spencer, it means we've got a few more away days to look forward to. I know you've booked up for Florence. Yes, very much so. Uh, I may also go to, to Riga and Istanbul. We'll see how we, we get on. Um, well, how I get on in terms of finances, I should say. Um, it's, it's an interesting group. I think we, we stand a chance, especially at Tynecastle. There's no reason it will be difficult, but no reason why we can't be aiming for nine points out from the, the three Tynecastle games and see what we can pick up away from home. Well, we should be getting three points in Riga, I would say. I'd agree with that. Istanbul and Florence, it depends, as Gordon says, how seriously they take it, whether or not they play the the kids. I know other teams did that as well. Even in the, the latter stages, it wasn't until the quarterfinals that teams properly started taking this competition seriously with their, their first teams. So I think there's an opportunity there to, to get wins. It's good experience for the players. And... Hopefully we, we can get out of this group. That should be the aim, I think. And as well, Gordon, you're booked for all three. You're, you're representing the Hearts Review all across Europe this season. <laughs> I'm booked for two. Um, I will be booking Istanbul. I'm just uh, waiting on my uh, my boss approving my holidays. But uh, yeah, booked up for Riga. I'm really looking forward to that one, actually. Um, I have to say, um, spending the night in, in Berlin and then flying to Riga on when, the Wednesday morning and um, 10 o'clock at night the game kicks off so I, I, I don't know how well I'll be able to describe it to be honest with you if I, I'm able to even see the game by that point but um, yeah re- really looking forward to that one and obviously Florence as well um, going over to Rome stay, the first time I've been to Rome um, staying there for a couple of days uh, our grandfather's buried in Anzio so we'll get the opportunity to go and see his grave for the first time and uh, so it's, it's going to be a really, really nice trip for us. Um, and then up to train up to few, uh, Florence as well. Um, a, a proper old school uh, Italian club, at an old school Italian stadium and um, a real proper European trip. So, uh, and I, I, by all accounts, it looks like we're going to take huge numbers. There'll probably be more Hearts fans than there will be tickets available, to be honest. So, um, I would imagine there might be a, a bit of a carnival atmosphere. Um, I always remember going over and seeing Everton and Leon, and Everton I took about 7,000 fans and only three and a half got on at the ground. Um, but the atmosphere in the city was still brilliant, so I would imagine it will be similar to, to what that was. Um, so, yeah, pretty, really good. And then obviously Istanbul's a, a place... To be honest with you, every time there was a, an international draw, I always wanted Scotland to get Turkey because uh, I really wanted to go to Istanbul and now it's came along and um, I think it's a good draw for Hearts, definitely. Um, I mean, what would you rather be doing at th- half past three on a, a Thursday afternoon? Uh, although I know it won't be half past three over there, but um, yeah, no, we're really looking forward to it. Three, three really good ties and um, I think all three different cities in their own rights, um, different parts of Europe well, slash Asia. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. And it is a good draw, Spencer, for the fans, isn't it? Getting to go to all these different places. A good experience it will be. Well, yes, very much so. Places we haven't been before. Well, I haven't been before. 
it'll be fun. Uh, a lot of our, our good friends are going, so it'll be nice to see them. Hopefully the weather's good as well. Should still be okay in October, I think, in Italy anyway. And as I say, hopefully we get, get a result. I don't want Hearts just to be here to make up the numbers for this group. I want us to compete. I want us to go there and try and be positive. And hopefully it sets us in good stead for, for next season because we want to be playing Europa League football next season. And hopefully this group stage will be a good experience. And we should be pushing for second, shouldn't we, Gordon? You know, we are the third seed in this group. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's no reason why, why Hearts can't go and try and get second place. Um, as I say, I don't think there's anything to fear. Um, Spencer says, you know, nine points should probably be the target for the home games. Don't know about that, but certainly um, seven, at the very least, I think would would be a a realistic target, potentially. Um Obviously, I think we're due a famous night under the lights, and whether it's against Istanbul or whether it's against Fiorentina, you know, there's no reason in a one-off game at Tyne Castle that Hearts can't beat any of these sides. Um, obviously, the the away legs make make them very tricky, but as I said, there's there's nothing to fear for Hearts if they're there and they go into these game positive and and um, they attack these teams because Tyne Castle can be a great place for Hearts to play. Uh, when they're on it, and um, and we've seen that first half. I, I honestly feel if we um, if we go into that game with that intensity and and that type of drive, then there's no reason why why, why we can't get at these sides. And um, although Fiorentina are a very very good quality side in, in Italy, and they had a good season last season, um, Italian teams have have shown that they can lose in Europe. Um, their their records overall. I mean, I know Roma won the competition last year, but. As I said, they took a couple of tankings along the way, so um, no reason why why Hearts shouldn't fear them. Um, Istanbul are a bit of an unknown quantity, of course they do have Mesut Özil playing for them, so um, hopefully he will get a run out of Tyne Castle. It's always good to see these types of players. Um, I mean, they beat Manchester United a couple of years ago, so um, just because they're not the the main uh, club from Istanbul, um, we shouldn't scoff at them. You know, the top seeds for a reason, so they'll. It'll be a very good side, and um, I don't think it should be an overreaction if 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 they do beat us in that opening game. Um, but I think it'll be a good test to see where Hearts are um, in terms of the level of of opposition and level of quality that we're up against. So um, a really good game, I think, to to set the marker uh, marker down with. To be honest, um, at home against the top seeds. And what do you make of some of the kickoff times, Gordon? I know the Istanbul game is quite an early kickoff for a European tie. Yeah, that that's that's a strange one. Five forty-five. It's not often that you see the 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 British sides kick off at that time. Um, I could understand it if perhaps you know one half the old firm or something were maybe playing at home on the same night, or you know if an our team in 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 Edinburgh's playing that night, then then fine. But um, the only the only the only way I can kind of see it is it must be something to do with maybe. Uh, one of the Turkish sides, but are are Galatasaray in in the Europa League or Fenerbahce? Or are they? I assume one of them must be in the Europa League. Maybe it's something to do with um, broadcasting times or something. Um, I suppose maybe a seven forty five kick off would be what about eleven o'clock at night or something. Um, so perhaps maybe it's something to do with that. I don't know, but um, yeah, it's a bit crap if you're finishing your work uh, late. 
you know, if you finish at six or something, you're not going to make the game. I mean, I'd normally finish at six, but not on a Thursday, thankfully. So it doesn't really affect me. But um, it could, you know, it could affect a lot of people in Russia and Edinburgh's. Um, <laughs> it's hardly the easiest place to get around, is it, when it's... Uh, when it's busy and then you add 20,000 people. But I don't think it'll affect the crowd too much. I still think it'll be a full house. Um, I think even with the earlier kickoff time, uh, obviously the, the, some of the away legs, you know, uh, Riga, 10 o'clock at night, 8 o'clock here. Um, I would have thought that maybe would have been like a 6.45 kickoff. Um, obviously the Istanbul over here, is it half past three or something, our time and, and whatever it is over there. And then... Um, Obviously, the Fiorentina thinks will be an eight o'clock here, and I think it's six forty-five over there or something. I don't know, but um, yeah, um, the the Istanbul one—that's just the that's probably the strangest of the lot. I think the other times are what you would probably expect when it comes to to European games. I think there is another Turkish side in the Conference League. I think that's maybe probably what it is. It's probably what it is, to be honest. I think, um, or and and possibly maybe even the time difference as well. They probably don't maybe want it on too late. UEFA, they've maybe, this may have been a request so their fans can watch it at a reasonable time, possibly. Anyway, we'll stop talking about Europe for just now and then chat about St Johnston. Spencer had a three-two win um, over St Johnston. I mean, they were quite an industrial side, St Johnston, weren't they? Oh, very much so. I'm assuming that was the game plan. Mr. Davidson. Uh, they came here <clears throat> to make themselves as big and physical as possible. Nearly worked for them, obviously. They nearly got a, a draw, but justice was done in the end. I thought hearts kept huffing and puffing. But St. Johnson's game plan was to be robust and leave, you know, something in on a couple of hearts players, which they did, which is disappointing. And uh, yeah, so it was. An interesting game plan from St. Johnson, but I think in the end, Hearts deserved the win. We had to dig deep. We're, I think we were running on empty towards the end, which is to be expected after Thursday. It'll be interesting for tomorrow night against Kilmarnock in terms of rotation, what, what the squad's going to be. But I think in the end, it was good to get, it was important to get the win, you know, three defeats in a row. So I was very, very pleased. Gordon, what did you make of the starting eleven Robbie played, leaving out every one of our regular front three? Yeah, strange, strange to be honest with you. I thought, um, listen, I can understand the rotation. I've, I've no issue with that, but I think to leave your three best attacking options on the the bench is, is certainly a strange one. Um, to be fair, I thought Gino done quite well. I thought he played well. Uh, obviously, Boyce as well um, looked more natural in his. That kind of uh, main striker role. Um, GMS for me is a waste of time. Uh, I just don't really know what he offers anymore. He looks a shadow of the player that he once was, and it's not as if he's you know thirty five or thirty six. He's still uh, still a very good age, and he st- should really still be in the prime of his career. And I just uh, I don't know if he's just lost confidence in his ability, or you know he feels like he's maybe uh, can't play at this level or whatever it is. But he just he just doesn't do enough for me, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, the, as I said, the, it. I think it probably highlights that, that we desperately need another striker. Uh, well, we definitely need, I think, two now, to be honest. But um, prior to the game, we needed another one. Um, we also, I think, need a little bit more creativity in the middle of the park. Um, if Because it just shows you how much 
we rely on Barry Mackay because I, I firmly believe if he wasn't on the park at any point in that game, Hearts wouldn't have won it, particularly at the end, because you, you didn't see where a Hearts goal was coming from. Um, I know we had hit the post a couple of times, but that last 10, 15 minutes, I, I just didn't see where a Hearts goal was coming from. And it just took Barry Mackay being positive, taking on his man and winning the penalty that actually won the game for Hearts. And um, we just don't have anybody near the calibre of, of him. But probably more worryingly, we just don't have anyone, I feel, that's as creative-minded as he is. And um, we desperately need um, another creative-type player. That's why I was quite disappointed to let Mac and F go, because um, although... Uh, he didn't do it enough. He was probably the, he was the closest thing to an attacking-minded midfielder that we had um, behind Barry McKay. And I just don't think that you get it from GMS, as I said. Um, and I, I thought probably the way we set up, I just think when you've got a lack of defenders at the moment, why he continues with the back three, I cannot understand it. Go to a back four and put an extra body in midfield. Even if it is one of the younger guys, there's no harm in putting them in, I think. Um, I just think, you know, he had Halliday playing at centre-half at one point. What, what, what use is that going to do? It's stubbornness for me. Just just go to a back four. Go to a 4-2-3-1 if you must. And I just feel like, you know, we don't help ourselves. Um, the squad stretches it is, and instead of, you know, rotating it and, and using the players that you have available and setting them up in a system that will be more comfortable for them, um, we, we're hell-bent on on being more, um, I mean, you call St. Johnson industrial, but I thought the way we started the game was probably quite industrial and it probably needed that goal um, from them to wake us up a little bit. Listen, it was a good reaction from Hearts. Um, you know, the second goal is a fantastic team goal. It really is. Uh, Ginelli does very well on the wing there. It's a fantastic ball to boys who uh, it shows you his, his ability in the box. Um the man's a striker, he is, he's a goal scorer and um, to find that little bit of space uh, see where the ball was going and knock it in an empty net just shows you uh, the vision that the man has and it was a fabulous goal um, and then obviously we could have actually killed the game right after that you know, so Ginelli hits the uh, hits the bar, you know, Shanklin comes on as an opportunity as well so um, I do maintain though, I think if Hearts had their um their proper back three out, that goal probably, I mean, the, the first goal was a freak goal, obviously, Craig Gordon, um, it was always going to happen eventually because, unfortunately, he's not very good when it comes to actually passing or kicking a football um, for the ability that the man has in terms of making saves. He's, he's not a footballer um, and he, he sold himself short. I mean, it's probably a pretty poor pass to him, but at the same time, it happens quite often, and and he he doesn't get enough on his um on his kicking. And I think when you're only playing, um, when you've got that, when you've got three centre halves and you've got a lack of midfielders, when when you're a midfielder down almost, that can easily happen because they're outnumbering you in the middle of the park. And if you give away a sloppy ball like that, you can get punished. And uh, all it took was the, the the St Johnston player to control the ball and stick it in an empty net and you're 1-0 down but as I said responding magnificently and then um, you know we get the two goals and you think right let's go on and um, and win the game obviously the setbacks with the injuries the Rills one really disappointing because I think he's had a fabulous start to his Hearts career and then the Boyce one is, is tragic absolutely um, but Shankland and, um, and Mackay come on they obviously make a difference to the game 
And then we give away a, a stupid second goal. Um, I think losing two headers in your own six-yard box is criminal. Um, the first one, May, gets a flick on it, and they're all just ball-watching, and Considine can tap in an empty net. And it was, it's poor defending. It is. It's really poor. It's a poor goal, and you've gave them a, a way right back into the match again. Um, obviously, and it's, it's two minutes after we had literally missed a, a golden opportunity. Gino obviously has, has got pretty much an open open net to put it into, but he, he cuts it back for Shankland, who just scuffed his shot, and St. Johnston get away with it, and then two minutes later, they're level, and um, I think had we maybe been playing against a better side, uh, we, we might not have won the game, but thankfully we did, and it was a huge win. Um, massive three points, even this early on in the season, um, to grind out a result like that, and particularly, I think, because a lot of people would probably look at the game going into it and think that, that Hearts have Hearts could drop points here, and uh, and although we ne- we very nearly did, we still came away and scored three goals, and um, I think it's uh, it's definitely a big result. Yeah, indeed, big result. But we did lose two players in the game. Spencer Liam Boyce looks like he's out for six to nine months, and uh, Bowles as well is out for about six to eight weeks. How big a blow is that? Well, Rolls especially, I think he's he's had a, a great start to his Hearts career, as Gordon said. I, I've made my feel it. It's, it's a real shame what's happened to Liam Boyce. Of course, you don't want to see anyone get injured, but I felt like we've needed he needed to be replaced. In my opinion, I, I, he's not a, a goal scorer. He scored three. That was his third goal in 2022. I'll say he's not a goal scorer. You can't, you can't say that. Me. That was his third goal in 2022. It doesn't matter. You cannot say he's not a goal scorer when he scored nearly 50 goals for Hearts. What about all the serves he missed? He's, think back to that semi final. You can't say he's not a goal scorer when he scored nearly 50 goals in his okay, Hearts. Let, let, let me put it this way he's not been a goal scorer in 2022. For the yeah, last he's playing in a deeper position. We all know that. He's had to play in a deeper position. But he's still missed setter after set. And then Shanklin, he's not missed after set. Think back to that semi-final against Hibs. He should add that game wrapped up. That game would have been easy. Remember how nervous we were in that second half what? against Hibs? Yeah, that... Listen, players are not going to score with every single opportunity they get, but you can't say he's not a goal scorer because he clearly is. The stats back up. Not this year. Not in 2022. We're about to go into September. He's playing, he's playing in a deeper role. But in terms of, the, in terms of being involved in goal opportunity, goal action, he was still very much vital, um, a part to, a player as part of this team. You can't say he's not a goal scorer. That's that that that's wrong. Okay. So I obviously he's been injured now, so he's not going to get this figure because he's out for the season pretty much. But I guarantee you, if he'd stayed fit, he would not have got ten goals this season. And that's no, he, nah, he, he he would have got ten goals. No, he would not. I, I very much doubt he would have got. He would have got ten goals. I'm telling you, he would have got ten goals. He he would have done. No. Um, I, I don't think he would have got anywhere near the the numbers that he did last season, but he, I'm confident he definitely would have. He would have eventually got himself into double figures because I don't think he's so. a good player. He's a good player, and he's a good goal scorer, he's and he's proven that over the year. I disagree. I think we needed a replacement from. We need a better striker in. I think we can get a better quality in the last few days of this transfer window. Whether well, look, alone. At, look at history. Look at the history of Hearts over the last twenty years, right? You know, no one apart from Kyle Lafferty, right? has got anywhere near the amount of goals that Liam Boyce has. Half of them were in the championship. Half of them were in the championship. Half of them weren't in the championship. Listen, he scored 16 goals last year, right? And at the end of the day, they were big goals. He's, he scored a lot of big goals. He scored, he's winner against Rangers on his debut. 
He scored that semi-final penalty against Hibs. Say whatever you want about Liam Boyce, though, but he's a big game player and he's got he's got a tremendous amount of experience and he'll be a big loss to Hearts. He misses a lot of sitters. And the goals he does score are tap-ins, to be fair. Isn't that what he's there for, though? Well, that's what someone else will be there for. You know, we need to bring another striker, someone that's going to take these chances. I think, obviously, Shankland can. I think if we get some, we need another striker in ASAP. I'd like to see more opportunities given to maybe young Ewan Henderson and we'll see how, we, how he gets on. Maybe he's going to be given an opportunity in the League Cup on Wednesday. And I feel like other people can take chances that, that, that Boyce doesn't. He misses way too many sitters for my liking. He's not a clinical, lethal finisher. And that's what we need if we're going to progress to Europa League group stages, as we were just talking about. Do you not, do you not think, though, Spencer, you, you talk about young Ewan Henderson there. Do you, not, do you not think he would have been given his opportunity before now if he was going to be given an opportunity? No, I, I think, obviously, this was a, a long season. There's going to be rotation, as we've just seen already. It's all, that was only the, what, the, the fourth or fifth, fifth league game of the season. It's going to be a long season for us. I think young Hendel will probably feature against Kilmarnock tomorrow. Um, I think he'll definitely come off the bench. If not, maybe Robbie will just throw him in at the start. We'll see. Um, so I, I think we'll, we'll see more from him and he'll have a chance to prove himself. I have to disagree what Gordon was saying earlier on. I thought GMS did very well. I was actually quite impressed with him. Uh, he always looked lively. He looked like he wanted to get at the St. Johnson defence. I think he could be a big player for us. Do you need glasses? When? What? When, when did he get at the St. Johnson defence? He created quite a few chances when, when? he just ran, ran at the, the St. Johnson defence. When? when? The first half. He won us a corner. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, oh, you, you, you're the most delusional man I've ever met. Unbelievable. GMF, Honestly, I mean, you GMF is a trier. No, 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 no. Listen, you, you, talk, you talk about Henderson as well, an opportunity to prove himself. Well, he's not done anything in the B team. So I think I think the boy from, goals from, from Celtic, is it, is it Jaden Ferg- Ferguson? Is it? I think he scored more goals than him. So, I mean... Young Hendo has done it on a bigger stage. He's done it for Aloha last season. 20 goals. And who? He deserves an opportunity. Who's, who's he done it on a bigger stage then? He scored at the Falkirk Stadium. It's a tough place to go. Aye, okay. I suppose one player that, that might and probably will get a chance after Rose got injured was uh, Lewis Nielsen. Gordon, he played very well against um, against St Johnston. He did, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see that... Um, to be honest with you, I thought when when the game started within the first few minutes, um, he looked positive because um, he was happy to get the ball and he was he would take the ball forward and he, he was always looking for a pass and um, I like that. I think, obviously, he's still a little bit raw um, defensively, um, but he's only, what, 19. He will learn, particularly playing with guys like Kingsley and, and Halkett um, and, and even Rolls as well, even though he's, he's young himself, but I think certainly that defensive awareness will come um, and I think he'll he'll develop into a top quality centre half. Um, he's a big boy, he really is, but he's a big athlete, and I think that's something that probably you miss from from Scottish centre halves. Um, it's good to see one come through of that physique, and certainly if he can if he can make it here, then he's got a bright future. And um, certainly if he he done himself no harm, um, I thought he he looked comfortable, although he had a couple of shaky moments in the first maybe. Uh, 20 minutes there uh, when he maybe just misjudged the ball 
um, coming over the top and things like that. But as I said, that'll come. And uh, his sharpness, you know, Mark's sharpness as well. He's he's not played too too many minutes, and and for him to be thrown in um, at the deep end uh, to start and and play the majority of the game alongside a midfielder um, at centre half as well. Uh, I think you've got to give him tremendous amount of credit as well. Uh, two makeshift centre halves, obviously with Smith as well um, at, at times. So. Credit, credit to him. I thought he'd done really well, and um, and he'll only get better. How many players do we need to sign now that we've had these two injuries? Do you think? Um, well, definitely another striker. Actually, I agree with Gordon. I felt like we needed another striker, obviously before the voice injury, and that was to to replace him. In my opinion, of course, Gordon and that disagrees. Uh, so we probably need another couple of strikers we are short in that department. A little bit of creativity, especially in the wider areas. Uh, do another winger. It's going to be interesting to see how this German boy gets on in the middle of the park. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things. Um, so so I, I do think, you know, for the amount of games we're going to be playing in a short space of time, especially before Christmas, obviously we're hoping to have... No, sorry, the League Cup semi-final would be after the year, wouldn't it? That, that's in January or somewhere else, so... I kept thinking that we're going to have a, a cup final to, to look forward to this year, but we won't. Um, so there's going to be a lot of games before the end of the year, before the World Cup. So we need a big squad, and I still think we're a little bit light in some areas. Does that concern you, Gordon, that we are a bit light in all these areas with a couple of days to go? Yep, it does. Um, I've said it for a long time. I think it's clear what Hearts needed, and I think they've pussyfooted around for too long. Um it's quite clear that we needed another striker. Um, and they're talking about, you know, well, we're happy to wait for our targets and the right player. That's all very well and fine. But when one of your strikers is now out and you're potentially left with uh, only one striker, um, I'm sorry, but you're, you're going to have to, as Nielsen says, be more aggressive and, and get the player in now. If that means you've got to spend a little bit more money, then do it because this is a massive season for Hearts. It's the start of something, and they need to. They, they can't just fall at the first hurdle. They've got to make sure they they go on and, and finish the job and finish third. Um, you'll always have the sides who are circling around you who want your position. Um, Aberdeen have been ambitious in the market, and they've obviously boosted their squad, and they'll fancy themselves to try and challenge us. Um, so the biggest thing for me is we we've got the quality to stave off these sides, absolutely, but. It's, you've got to actually go in and do it. And um, I think for me, we definitely need two strikers now that Liam Boyce is going to be out for the vast majority of the season. I don't think we can gamble on something like that. Um, if they were maybe able to get one striker in and potentially even maybe an attacking midfielder type, then I think we could maybe get away with that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they went back in for Conor Ronan again. You know, he's still not got a club. Well, he obviously plays for Wolves, but you know he's not playing for them, and um, I think he'll be available. I wouldn't be shocked if Hearts went back in for him. I think if they can go and sign a striker and um, maybe get uh, a couple in on loan, um, I wouldn't like to think that we're going to go and sign just two loan players. I think um, I think we need to listen. We'll have targets there, um, and I know clubs will be hesitant to sell right on the, the cusp of a deadline, but I think. You've got to go out there and be ambitious and get these players in. Deals can be done late on in windows, in summer windows particularly. 
Um, you do, we, you see it all the time. Um, I think it's a little bit different when it's January and it's in the middle of the season. Clubs are more likely to hold on to their star players until the summer. Um, so, yeah, hopefully Hartsell and, and Joe Savage in particular will have a few targets lined up. I think if... I know we're talking about maybe needing in our centre-half, but it wouldn't be the priority for me because I think we should change our shape anyway. Um, and perhaps maybe we even will um, with the fact that we've signed another centre midfielder already. So we'll see where that goes. Um, I think for me it's all about the, the offensive options and um, I would like to see a sign three at least before the window closes um, and I'd like them all to be attacking players because I think that's where we're short at the moment. Just before we f- we finish and chat a little bit about the two games that are coming up, what what do you make of the the new signing, the sign from Holland? Um, uh, I don't know too much about him, but um, by all accounts, he's a similar player to um to Peter Harren, um, except he he contributes a little bit more, um, goals and and passing, um, he's a little bit more aggressive. He's a big boy, six three. Um, could potentially be a real athlete. Uh, I think he enjoys getting stuck in. So we'll see how he does. Scottish football might suit him well. By all accounts, he's uh, he's got a tremendous amount of potential, and I think he um, he's probably one of these. I think he's one of these players that was highly touted. You know, he was an under twenty one German international. He's maybe just lost his way a little bit. Um, so Hearts obviously think there's something there. Hopefully, he can have a similar impact as what Beningame did last year, and and he'll show his quality quite quickly, and it'll be a, a another find for the club. Um, I think it's an interesting one. Um, certainly, I think it's probably uh, probably one that they'll look for for Europe. Um, I've always said I think Nielsen doesn't particularly fancy Harren too much, so I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up being Peter Harren's replacement because um, I don't see him. Dislodging Devlin, particularly if, play, if Devlin um, plays like he did in the last two games, I thought he was excellent. To be honest, um, particularly in the European game, um, and then obviously up and coming back. So there's good options for us, I think, um, in that kind of holding midfielder role. I just think we're needing a lot more creativity. Um, we need we need a lot more attackers now, and um, I think we've got a solid base, solid foundation, but it's it's really time to invest at the top end of the park. Move on and chat a little bit about the two games that are coming up. Kilmarnock in the Premier Sports Cup, um, Spencer. What what sort of threat do you think they'll pose coming to Tincastle with us, possibly making more changes and rotating the squad? I think they'll go all, all out for it. Derek McKinnis is a very good cup manager. He was with Aberdeen, managed to get them to a lot of semi-finals and finals. I think he'll be looking to do the same with Kilmarnock. Um, it'll be a tough game. You want Hearts to start quickly. I have a feeling I can see this going to penalties. I don't know why. I just have a feeling it's going to be a long night. I hope I'm wrong. Hopefully it's a, a comfortable win and we get through to the quarterfinal. But it's, it's going to be a tricky tie, I think. I think they'll be right up for it. They got their first win of the season at the weekend there. And I think they'll go all out to try and cause a cup upset, um, especially with the Hearts having a lot of games in, a, in the last two weeks or so. There may be a little bit of fatigue, so we're going to have to sh- uh, freshen up the squad a little bit. But I think it'll be a tough game, but hopefully Hearts will, will scrape through. I can see us winning on penalties. We should have enough, Gordon, though. No? 
Yeah, we should. Uh, I've watched Kilmarnock a couple of times and they're not a particularly great side. Um, but it's a cup game. Um, they'll have nothing to fear. They'll they'll want to come and impose themselves, similar to what maybe St Johnson did. Um, and I think it's up to Hearts to stand up to that. Um, yeah, I think there'll maybe be a little bit of rotation again, but I, I still think that you should try and start the strongest team that we possibly can. It's a big competition for us. We want to try and win it. We want to try and get to the latter stages. And when you've got a home team, uh, a home game against a side you should beat then uh, there's no excuse, regardless if you've got European games and league games sandwiched in. I think um, it's a big game for Hearts and uh, we'll see how it goes. Cup football, um, you can never quite predict it, but I think over the last few years, our cup record, particularly at home, has been pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I think um, I think if we're positive and, and we play our strengths, then there's no reason why we shouldn't win the game. Um, whether we'll have any new players in, in there in time for that doesn't look likely, um, which is, I think is disappointing, but um, hopefully they're working hard on that in the background and we can get something maybe announced before kickoff or, or what have you. But yeah, it's a big game for Hearts and um, it's one I think I expect them to win. Uh, although it'll be a, tr- a tricky game, I think we've... Um, I think as long as we were not negative, I think if we set up positively in a formation that actually, you know, if you want to bleed a couple of youngsters in there, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, you know, if you want to give a Connor Smith a start, maybe even a Finlay Pollock in the middle of the park, why not? Um, but set up to try and win the game and uh, we'll see if that happens or not. And then obviously, Livingston at the weekend, Spencer, and a team that will be full of confidence. They're playing Dungeon United tomorrow, so they're, they're, they'll get a few goals probably ahead of that game. You never know. Um, you might see a response from Dundee United. Who knows? Listen, Livingston away is a tough place to go. Remember last season, we, we won 1-0, but we really could have been <laughs> 2 or 3-0 down. Who scored like the winner that day? I can't remember. I can't remember that far back. Too, too long ago. I just remember Craig Gordon making a lot of saves uh, in, in the first half. That pitch is obviously notoriously bad. We we don't have a great record at Livingston away, as I say. And I still have nightmares about that 5-0 game. A couple of games under Levine, 0-0 or something like that. So we managed to win there last time. We'll take a big crowd through. Um, it'll be tough, but again, you know, these are the games you need to be winning at heart. So it's just whether or not we, we have a big enough squad and you know people can come in and fill in because obviously we're playing a game tomorrow night and then Saturday. It's a lot of games in a short space of time for Hearts. A lot of games. The, the month of August has been quite challenging. It's only the one defeat though, yeah, which was at Celtic Park, and I thought we did all right actually in spells in that game, considering what they did to, to Dundee United. So, well, of course we lost the two Zurich games. What I'm talking about in the league. Um, so it's been it's been a long hard month, and it'll be good to to end it getting in at the, the quarterfinals and then three points against Livingston on, on Saturday, but it's easier said than done. Livingston and Martindale are a, a team that you kind of admire, Gordon, aren't they? Uh, I, I don't know if I admire them or not, but I, I, I like him as a manager. positively about them, put it that way. Yeah, yeah well, well, him, yeah, I think I think the uh, I think the job he's done there is, uh, is fantastic, to be honest. He you have to give them credit. Um, I think they, they always buy well in the transfer market. Um, he always finds wee gems. 
I think the players they've brought in, I think they, they've got a good squad. Um, if we can get the best out of Esma Gonzalez, um, he's got a, a top striker there. Um, but I think Esma's got his own problems at the moment, um, similar to what he did in his second half of his, his Hearts career. Um, I just think he's he's got issues with his weight and stuff. And um, But if there's someone that can, can get the, the weight off him, it's probably Davy Martindale. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be a difficult game. They always raise their game and uh, and the, the 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 bigger games, and you always see them take points off uh, off the, the sides that are traditionally going for Europe. Um, we done well against them last season, to be fair. You know, I think we we won every game, bar the cup game where um, it went to penalties. But every other game, we we managed to get past them. So. It'll be interesting to see where we are this season and, and perhaps where they are. They beat Hibs a couple of weeks ago. I don't think that's a big surprise, to be honest. But they went up to Aberdeen and they got turned over. Um, obviously, I know they were down to 10 men. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of effect that has on them. They're obviously a, a side that can um, can concede goals. Um, they've probably uncharacteristically conceded more than, than what they normally would at the starts of seasons, but um, but they're still a dangerous side. Um, they're a good mid-table side, and um, if we uh, if we aren't careful, then it's one of these games that, that we could potentially slip up in, and I think a lot of people will be looking at that game and thinking, yeah, fancy Hearts to drop points here. So um, it's important Hearts go there and, and lay down uh, a marker. You know, if we can get ourselves to Spencer season to the quarterfinals of the League Cup and get three points on Saturday, it just turns everything again for Hearts, you know, because they'll be third at the end of the month, at end of August, um, starting September, in the next round of the cup. We've got the Conference League to to look forward to, and you hope that there's a few more bodies in the in, in the squad by then, and and then you you look at the rest of the September um, positively, and um, and I think momentum's a big thing. Um, you've seen it last season. I think it carried us to third. And if we can, um, if we can start this season and and go on a wee run now, it was a, a very important time of the season. Um, it'll stand us in good stead for the rest of the season. Prediction, Spencer, for the two games. Um, as I say, I think Hearts will scrape through on penalties. I don't think it will be a a good game tomorrow. I think as long as we're in the quarterfinal of the cup, that's all that matters. And I have a feeling it's going to be a long night. One-one, uh, and Hearts will win on penalties. Livingston on Saturday is going to be tough. Could be very similar to the game last December. Let's say one nil Hearts. I think we'll grind it out. And Gordon, um, I think we'll get the job done in ninety minutes tomorrow. Um, I think it'll be two one. Um, I just hope, as I said, the selection's right. I think if we uh, are positive, and as I said, I'm happy to see a couple of youngsters included in the in, in the side, but it's got to be the right blend. Um, Kilmarnock for me are very vulnerable defensively. Um, so go back four, go and dominate the game and and win it. Um, uh, I think I think two one. Saturday, mm, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a tricky one. Um, yeah, I'd like to think Hearts will grind it out. Um, two nil, but we'll see. Well, let's hope we get the wins. Um, thank you for joining us this week. That's been Hearts View. Till next week. Goodbye.